spring has sprung. And so have the helminths. The helminths? What's a helminth? A helminth is an old word for those parasite worm things. Our friends. Not our friends, as it turns out. Why mm. do they come up at spring? It's like new birth, new energy, everything's being rebirthed and apparently up they come. <laughs> the creatures from below. And yes, it's so gross. Uh, it seems like the worms, the worms, are doing the rounds in it's, schools at the moment. It's unfortunate, but by the same token, it's something that we deal with in cycles every single year. And so in our health foodie practice mums living natural lifestyle things, we have a few tips to share. We're going to talk to you about the diet and lifestyle things you can do to prevent it. We're going to talk what to do when you get uh, an infestation in your house and also some fantastic preventative tips and tricks to help to prevent it from ever even getting past your doorstep, past the threshold into your Helminth province. So in this episode, we're specifically going to be focusing on parasite treatment for kids and then we'll do a second one that's going to focus on the adult protocols a little bit more right yep so let's say uh first things first when it comes to food and parasites because parasites after all they live in your gut they're living there with all the rest of the microbiota so they're living with your other funguses and good and bad bacteria that we don't really like that terminology but to make it simple they feed on sugar that is basically it. They love sugar. They love a bit of alcohol and they love sugar. Your children obviously don't have an issue with alcohol, but they do have an issue probably with consumption of sugar. And the more there is in their diet on a regular basis, day to day, if there's sugary breakfasts, if there's little sugary snacks during the day, if there's something even before bed, the more unfortunately those little helminths, I love that word, are going to proliferate. And so we really need to look at that on a short term basis to and so the thing is also, though, I think that we kind of always forget, especially as mums, is that sugars are in fruits as well, right? Because we always love to give our kids fruits. But mm. in this case, fruits, dates, all of that kind of stuff. Even what about like maple syrup, honey, those kinds of things? I'd probably be more concerned about the fruit juices and the syrups than the fruits themselves. I think fruit, because you've got the fibre with it. Fiber has an effect of improving gut motility and one thing with obviously with worms and parasites if you want to keep the gut moving and you want to have lots of bran, lots of insoluble fiber and also soluble fiber to bulk the stools and clear it out and help to support all the other work you're doing to just carry those parasites through you. Also, really important to remember, parasites are going to be there. It's not the case that they're ever gone. They actually have a function inside our gut, which is a whole other podcast. But by the same token, we just want to keep a lid on it, right? So that we're not getting like scratchy bums and all that sort of gross stuff. Yeah, so it's like, it's not like they are never there it's just that when they're there we want to keep them to a minimum okay so what can people start to include in that can help to kind of cull the worm population so one of the things that i learned from you is pumpkin seeds fascinating i understood that they were a great source of scrapey fiber and bitterness and bitters are really the thing that you want to kill uh, or the the, the essentially parasites don't like so it helps to rid them rid your gut of them but they contain a particularly magic thing called Cucurbitine. Okay, she didn't <laughs> I was do like, it. Oh, that I was was like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, cucurbitine's been shown to what? Uh, inhibit motility, reduce the amount of eggs being laid, all sorts of amazing things with lots of different parasites because obviously parasites is a broad spectrum, big family. Um, but yeah, so getting pumpkin seeds every day, crushing them, soaking them, making sure they get through the gut properly and they do all their work, uh, not just giving them whole and raw, probably. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think mm. that's a good idea. Mm. And then other bitter foods uh, as well. Obviously, we were saying like remove sugar and increase bitter. That's 
basically the plan because parasites hate that bitter element. Anything that like has a, like a, like you imagine eating lemon pith. That's uh, like rosemary has a bitterness to it. Most pungent herbs do. Um, rocket and dandelion leaves do. I don't know if you're going to get them into your kids, but if you can, <laughs> you're like I'm wishful thinking. Going, uh, so you're just going to choose all those foods. Not a rocket smoothie. <laughs> so, but you can buy bitters mm. in a in a drop form, right? Mm. Now, not all kids are going to take them. My kid did, so that was like a huge relief. But I think probably most people are going to have better luck giving them in the drops in a little bit of water and just telling a kid's like, this is your medicine that you have to take than yeah. trying to somehow like get all the really hard bitter foods into their kids. And it's safe, right, for them to take from what age? Yeah, so like five, six and up sort of thing. There's alcohol-free bitters. Just you give them in like quarter of the adult dose from five to ten, a third of the adult dose. So yeah, safe from like five and up, I guess, if you're using maybe a quarter of the adult dose from five to 10, half the adult dose from like 11 to 15, and then full adult dose pretty much from 16 upwards. So what else? What else can people take that's actually going to kill the worms and start to like get rid of them? So I guess we're talking about kids here. So there's a lot of remedies that might be more suitable for adults because one of the things to be careful of and conscious about is how when you're killing parasites in your gut, they start to produce little toxins, neurotoxins often that get out of the gut into the bloodstream and it in the brain and can really change behavior and that's one of the reasons why we want to be careful about giving like adult doses or adult kind of versions of herbs things like wormwood we might talk about later yeah and so it's interesting it's, it's really important to note that point isn't it because i think people kind of forget we all know that the side effects of worms would be like an itchy bum you might see the worms they might wake up more at night but behavior stuff is really common too mm, yeah exactly so i think so things, behavioural things that you might see if your kids have worms are things like impulse control problems, um, irrational anger or frustration, that kind of thing where it's kind of, yeah, there's an irritability. And like with all things in the gut, we always say that if the gut is inflamed in some kind of way, that's going to come out in behaviour. So that's just one of the symptoms that you might look for if you're trying to decide mm. if your kids have parasites. Mm. Yeah, and also... Yeah, you have parasites obviously have an ability to break down the lining of the gut as well and disrupt the microbiome in general. So if you're dealing with maybe, you know, lots of different like allergy type symptoms, be they, you know, um, airborne allergens or digestive things, but those sorts of kind of disruptive immune system things that maybe have emerged a little bit later in life. If you have dogs and cats around the house, unfortunately, those are things where often parasites get transferred because, you know, dogs lick faces and kids lick hands. Um, that can be an obvious problem. So if you have those sort of indicators in your household and you have the animals, the pets, the potential allergy things, maybe it's time to do an inspection. Not fun, but really important to know what you're dealing with. And then you decide what treatment protocol is appropriate, right? Because if you don't see anything, you don't see eggs, you don't see worms, okay, let's go for pumpkin seeds, let's try the bitters, da 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 da. And if you do see worms, you see some eggs around the anus, then it is probably time to either upgrade the bitters, time to think about some stronger antiparasitic herbs, perhaps. There are others there that are more suited to adult use, but maybe come and talk to us in detail about them, black walnut, pedarco, these sorts of things, uh, wormwood. And you could start looking at what other things? Bentonite clay, right? Oh yeah, beautiful. So bentonite clay, a uh, really powerful um, fibre actually, calcium magnesium rich, but also helps to apparently smother uh, parasites. Kind of makes sense, uh, like covering them in dust. And you could use that in much smaller doses than you would for adults, like maybe a quarter of a teaspoon in a glass of water two or three times a day. Think of it as a bit of a tonic. Yeah, and so one thing that's probably important to note, and it's kind of a basic thing, but when you're checking the bum 
expose the worms, it has to be done at night time. Once they see the light, they don't come out and they always come out at night to lay their eggs. So you kind of need to like have your kids lying on the bed under the dark covers and then like stealth attack them with a the light. <laughs> so that's when you're going to see it. You're going to see redness around the bum hole if they have worms. Mm -hmm. There's going to be irritation there. And one of the things that you can do for prevention, but also to keep them away when you're in the middle of these treatment protocols is to make sure that they shower nighttime and morning and clean out the, the bar around the bum hole and the inside of the bum hole and then coat it with coconut oil inside and out because the coconut oil prevents the eggs from sticking to the anus and then turning into the worms so it kind of slips off so obviously then they need to wear tight boxes or knickers in bed um, so yeah, they need to wear the boxes and the knickers mm. that are tight at night time, um, and then they take them off first thing in the morning, put them in the laundry basket and wear their new knickers for the day as well, because that means if any of the eggs have been laid in the night, they fall off around the bum area. They're contained within the knickers of the boxes rather than spreading to the bedding. Mm. The other thing you have to do is change the bedding really regularly and not like shake out the sheets and the bedding in the morning because then the little eggs can come up into the air, you breed them in, mm. then they come into you too. And you also need to clean down surfaces really regularly. And we wouldn't normally talk about clean down surfaces as a big thing that we're a fan of, but in mm. this situation you do need to, and then obviously like really rigorous hand washing is another one as well. Yeah, so you essentially, in situations like this, have escalated from the pumpkin seeds, bentonite clay, la la la, to some to the bitters, and then you've gone homeopathic. And then when do you go to pharmaceuticals? Like when is there a case for that? So, yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one because I would always go for natural first. And in situations before where I've been told that we might have worms or there are worms around, I'm not sure. I've always used the homeopathic Thermox remedy mm. and that's worked for us. We haven't seemed to then ever see any worms and it's all kind of gone away. Um, in the recess, recent infestation, we did the homeopathics and we did the natural ones. Mm. Um, and then they did seem to disappear, but they come on a sort of a two week cycle. And then they came back for the two week cycle and we tried again and they weren't going. And there was so much irritation that then I did at that point resort to using the pharmacy pharmaceutical Firmox remedy, which did work, but it's worth noticing that it will have some side effects because it is a gut disruptor. I mean, you're looking at like putting a nuclear bomb into the gut of your child. Sometimes it can have really strong side effects. It's quite common for them to have diarrhea, vomiting, nausea, really bad stomach pains, that mm. kind of stuff. Um, so you just need to look at like supporting them after you've done that mm. as well, because for Ruben, certainly he got little dry patches, almost like eczema on his arms that he's never, ever had before. Um, and I'm sure that was a sign of that gut disruption. Also, he's much more sensitive to food things that he had been before. So like dairy, where he was kind mm. of OK with it. Now it's upsetting his gut in a way that it hasn't. So you've got to look at that kind of long term. It's a bit like taking antibiotics. Yeah, exactly. So what I was thinking of to maybe get a good cognitive oil, lots of vitamin A to nourish the mucous membrane and help to heal the tight junctions. That's what fatty acids do. And a good probiotic, um, which I think like whilst I don't recommend probiotics for lots and lots of things, I think in this case it's really appropriate because you really want to recolonize as quickly as possible uh, that part of the gut where you have essentially kind of removed, like you said, carpet bond to the kind of area. And what is the probiotic you would recommend for kids that are kind of in that six to 12 age range? Uh, honestly, I'd probably do. Um, so if you have a tiny, tiny, like a six year old sort of situation, the OptiVac for kids uh, or BioCult, the ones that come in sachets and powder forms, ideal. 
if they're maybe 10 and over, maybe give them a couple of doses of Saccharomyces boulardii, which is a probiotic yeast that will also help to flush out and compete for space with other yeasts and pathogenic bacteria, and then recolonize with a good, I would say adult probiotic actually, uh, once your gut is really kind of 10, 12 and over, you're dealing with similar kind of bacterial species. Uh, so living nutrition regenesis is one I like because it's a really broad strain diversity, like up to 10,000 different types of bacteria, amazing, uh, and like 8 billion in a capsule, uh, as well as lots and lots of good food to help to get those bacteria started once they get to the gut so they can flourish. And so obviously when thing that's important to mention is if your child has worms the chances of you getting them too is really high so we will be doing a follow-up on that really soon indeed stay tuned bye